Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist in Arkansas, who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. For this episode, we're digging deep with Dr. Anthony Jay. He calls himself the straight shooting scientist. You'll get to meet him right after this. You know, there's one thing I know, and that is podcast advertising works. Yeah, I have been talking about Akel's Carpet One for quite some time on my podcast and personally and on my social media because I'm a customer, but I love it when you respond. And I say that because one of the listeners to the Lisa Fisher Said podcast reached out to me. We'll call her Hannah because that's her name. And Hannah was the one who had a a situation where uh, the office flooded, couldn't get anybody to call her back. And when they did, it was six weeks wait. It was all these things. And she just in desperation said, do you have anybody at Hakel's Carpet you can maybe introduce me to? And I was in Santa Fe at the time. I was like, girl, anything for you. Got her hooked up with Paul. Paul either went out there like that day or the next day, got the estimate. And within like 24 hours, it got taken care of. And that may be 48, but I'm telling you, lickety split. It was done so efficiently, so professionally, and they love the results. That's what everybody says when they shop with Akel's Carpet One. Of course, these are the people who beat the big box store prices. Check them out online, AkelsCarpetOne.com. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Okay, I love this. The straight shooting scientist. I didn't know there was such a thing because it's hashtag trust the science. I like your brand of science, Dr. J. I I like what Mm. you say. Um, I think you've ruffled a few feathers along the way. Oh, sure. um, in this um, <laughs> pandemic-y uh, type thing. But let's mm-hmm. first talk about just the science side of, of what you do in your research. Your Was your first book the estrogen book? Yes, Estrogeneration. Yep. Okay, let's let's talk about estrogen and what it's doing to us, and not mm-hmm. just females, but males, our children, our grandchildren, and it's ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. Like we have, we're getting too much estrogen, aren't we? Oh yeah, yeah. It's. It's decreasing fertility. It's causing fertility issues. Not just people that don't want to have kids, but actual fertility issues, um, which makes sense, right? If you're disrupting your natural hormones, estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, of course, you're going to have fertility issues. Um, increases depression. So even in children, for example, when they have higher levels of these fake estrogen chemicals in their urine, you see a lot more depression, which is sad because children shouldn't have depression. They don't have a mortgage. They don't have a car payment. Right. They don't have a stressful, annoying boss and job. (laughs) Um, So yeah, a lot of health problems. And of course, weight gain even, right? Like when women get pregnant, their estrogen goes way up. Their body stores more fat. It's a natural process. It's a good thing because our ancestors didn't always have access to food. Mm-hmm. But we have access to food, and if you're increasing your 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 estrogen response with these fake estrogens, yeah, you're going to gain a lot of extra weight. It can cause weight loss plateaus. So clearly, something you don't want to be exposed to. But literally, everybody is. Everybody's being exposed to these things. Okay, so if literally everybody's being exposed, that means it's environmental. It's mm-hmm. it pa- now I can control what passes through my lips. 
but I can't control sometimes my environment. So what in the environment should be we looking, we're looking for to reduce that risk of too much estrogen? Yeah, well, you're right. I mean, most of it is in drinking water and it's in the personal care products. It's thing we're rubbing, things we're rubbing on yes, our skin. Yes, yes. Um, those are the big, big hitters. But even breathing it in the air and stuff, you're going to get some phthalates, these plastic chemicals and whatnot, but that's unavoidable. The little tiny bit we're getting from that, it's not that big of a deal. It has been shown in studies, though, like if you send your kid to a daycare and there's literally just plastic on the floor, plastic toys everywhere, plastic, plastic, it, it's it's like five times above the government's own safety limits for the amount of phthalates they're breathing in for cancer, even for causing cancer. So even having like a very highly plastic environment, just from the air off-gassing, it, it can be a problem. And mattresses as well, like if you have a plastic smelling mattress and, you know, and a lot of infants do, and they've done studies on this, and I write about this in my book also. But So there's some hidden sources that we're probably breathing in in certain situations. But at the end of the day, again, people have to filter their drinking water. It's full of fake estrogens. Um, and they have to clean up their personal care products. Most people really do because you don't want to be putting this stuff on your skin several times a day. Right. Um, and sunscreen, too, kind of falls into that category. Thankfully, sunscreen... We were all ahead of the game on the vilification of sunscreen. We knew it was poison, mm. but thankfully, mm -hmm. when um, I don't remember National Institutes of Health, who published that study about six months, nine months ago, year ago. I mean, I'm old, yeah. the years run together. <laughs> um, and finally, doctors are now saying, yeah, there are no safe sunscreens out there, are there? And we went, the, we were all going, no, we've been saying that for years. And when did the sun get to be public enemy number one? Yeah, that's insanity. I mean, um, what has happened yeah. to us that we've taken, and I know you've pondered this. I mean, a lot of people in the health space have. We've taken what God's given us and we've thrown it out and said, look, I mean, it started with um, whoever made the, the fake breast milk, the, the formula. Oh, the soy formulas? Yeah, yeah. crap. Yeah. I mean, it's just crap or mm -hmm. any formula. I mean, mm -hmm. why wouldn't you use what God gave us instead of mm -hmm. go, well, I mean, twist my mustache, go into a lab, make something fake, and I promise you it's better than what you have. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Like, when was that a good idea? Yeah, I know. Well, and sun, sunshine has so many other benefits, too. Like, for example, do you have any tattoos? Probably not, right? I don't. Mm. I but mean, not that I'm going to show you, but go ahead. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> not that's going to get exposed to sunshine. Right, right, right. right. Um, because when, it, when people have tattoos, they'll, they'll, they'll be explicitly told, put sunscreen on that tattoo because otherwise it fades away. Well, the reason for that is sun, tattoos are actually heavy metals. They're particles of heavy metals, like balls of heavy metals. And the reason it ca sunshine causes tattoo fading is because that sunshine hits those heavy metals and breaks them into smaller pieces. And comes into your body. Yeah, and then your body just clears them out, but it also increases your blood levels of heavy metals. It's not great for you, but at least sunshine is breaking it down that's what it does it doesn't have to be tattoos it could just be crap under your skin from just like eating junk food or just being exposed to the garbage in the, you know in our environment so sunshine has beneficial properties even in terms of detox if you want to use that word um which a lot of scientists hate to use but honestly it's legitimate you're detoxing you're getting rid of you're getting rid of toxins and Obviously, the vitamin D, that one gets talked about a lot, but there's other benefits even in terms of metabolism. It raises your metabolism, prevents depression with seasonal affective disorder, and a lot of people have genetic issues there. So, 
It's magical. The sun's magical. And that's coming from a person who hasn't been in the sun in 40 years, mainly because (laughs) I hate hot weather, right? Sure. So I hate the heat. Arkansas has horrible summers. But now Mm. that I know that it's a part of my, it's my vitamin regimen, I'm I'm now going outside and I even have vitiligo. I have some things that you would maybe say stay out of the sun. I've worked so hard now, my vitamin D levels finally are at fifty. And, oh good for you. But yeah. I'm they started at about twenty eight. Yeah. You know, and average and, American. All right, the average American who's not a farmer. <laughs> right, and even right. the farmers don't have good vitamin D because they're mm-hmm. in those cabs now that yep, are yep. Com- completely protected with UV light. My new, new thing, and I've got it right over here, is I, I splurged on the Juve red light therapy. Oh, yeah. Cool. Do you see mine in the background? Probably not. Oh, I have a oh you have of it? Them. Yeah. Right there. Boom. <laughs> yeah. So we got the bigger model. Um, I yeah. have a grand, I have, as we talked about before we got on the air, red-haired daughter so she has some more skin conditions so she is psoriasis her daughter is her red-haired daughter has eczema Mm -hmm. so i just told her i said and even babies are safe of course this is not medical advice please ask your healthcare provider if you'd like medical advice i'm just telling you how it's worked for us and what Mm -hmm. we're seeing and so we're trying it i'm going to see even if it treats my vitiligo because it could Mm -hmm. help my melanocytes wake back up you know, oh, and yeah. get me Happens get me smelling it. If it doesn't, mm-hmm. fine. I just know the therapeutic benefits it has. Mm-hmm. And so, with the juve light, then how come mm-hmm. do we have to cut? Co- we don't have to cover our eyes with a red light therapy, right? Because red light. Nope. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, correct. That's fascinating because haven't we all been told that lights bad? You know, lights bad for our eyes, or were we lied to there too? Uh, it depends. I mean, in the evening, it's. It can be problematic because it tells blue light tells your brain that it's time to go to right. bed and or, or it, blue light tells your brain that the sunshine is still out and so it confuses your brain but it doesn't mean it's bad for you it's good to protect against depression if you've never had blue light in your eyes during the daytime you'll get depression but infrared is different wow. because infrared is a lot less powerful it's certainly not uv it's the opposite of uv you know there's like red orange yellow green blue indigo violet of course roy right. g biv well, infrared is even weaker than red, and then red is the next wavelength, and then all the way up to blue, indigo, violet, and then, of course, you have ultraviolet, which is very powerful. Okay. And so the blue, the indigo, the violet, the ultraviolet, those all tell your brain it's daytime. Infrared's way down here, right? So you can shine on your... I'm not a huge fan of like people holding a juve light right up on their eyes, but I am a fan of holding it right on the brain because... And by the <gasps> way, I did research at Mayo Clinic for an entire year on infrared light and stem cells. Seriously? Oh, yeah, and and I've done three years of Alzheimer's research, and they've done human cadaver studies with infrared light. It goes three inches through your skull, so it's pretty deep into your brain, and it it helps to prevent Alzheimer's. In in animal studies, it's phenomenal. Like they did these tinfoil hat experiments, <laughs> where they literally put tinfoil hat hats on mice, which is hilarious. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it looks hilarious. It's ridiculous yeah. seeing them with their little tinfoil hats. I love little mice, on. right? <laughs> <laughs> and then they shine them with infrared light. And these are mice that they have get Alzheimer's. And the mice that have the tinfoil hats, of course. So there's three different groups of mice. There's mice with no tinfoil hat. There's mice with tinfoil hats. And then there's mice with no infrared. So the ones with zero infrared light, get all. they all get Alzheimer's. The ones with tinfoil hat has actually a lot less Alzheimer's than the other group because they're getting whole body exposure of infrared. It's not hitting their brain, oh. but it's just hitting their body. 
Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. And there's actually less Alzheimer's there, even without hitting your brain. So, but but in the third group, when you actually hit the brain yes, with infrared yes. light, you mm-hmm. have way less Alzheimer's. So, the, so don't wear a tinfoil hat around. Don't wear it when you're around town. For one <laughs> thing, and number two, even doing the red light therapy, let it soak in and get it to the back of your head. Yeah, get it into your brain. And by the way, sunshine is 40% infrared light. So I'm not necessarily saying you have to go buy lights and stuff. You can right. just go out in the sun for that too. Right. But you, see, you're way north. I mean, you, you yeah. there are days that you have shorter <laughs> days because you're in Minnesota. You have shorter days mm-hmm. of sunlight than we do. It, yep. And yeah, I mean, longitude, latitude have a lot to do also with your mental health. Think about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. cold, cold weather, it gets dark earlier. So you probably do have to work hard on things but i will say this you redheads have higher vitamin d than the rest of us oh yeah yeah isn't that funny it i guess because you absorb it (laughs) because everything's lighter Mm -hmm. correct so african-americans probably have the lowest vitamin d exactly and the highest issues with covid for example Mm -hmm. isn't that interesting so vitamin d really is a magical pill yeah oh, it's amazing yeah and and like you said you want to be about 50 like i'm glad you brought up the number because again doctors will tell you that you're fine at, at 30 all the time and they've done studies on hunter gathering tribes with vitamin d and everybody in the i've looked at the blood work everybody in those tribes are between 70 and 120 on their vitamin d wow so you don't think it gets toxic then no. at 80 90 or anything no. Only if your vitamin K is super low or something else is wrong with you, but no, not at all. In fact, if you're below 50, there's increased depression, there's increased gut issues like leaky gut, different types of intestinal permeability. There's different, there's risks of fatigue, like chronic fatigue, there's muscle dysfunction. If you're below 50, there's all kinds of health risks. And as soon as you get above 50, all of those seem to disappear. But, you know, so I'm, I'm happy. If you're just above 50, I'm happy. I'm okay with that. But yeah, I think based on our ancestors they were probably walking around at, at least at 70 all the time so wow it's natural um okay let's talk about the vitamin k connection that all do we need that i don't understand its role when you take it in supplement form hmm. because vitamin d that i get outside from the sunshine's enough right but if i take it in a capsule or it's a gel cap whatever it is i hmm. do i need vitamin k as a carrier i don't understand yeah well it just helps to protect your arteries from uh calcifying so oh. the, it helps to shuttle the calcium. So like, and this is true sunshine or pills. So like, if you go out in the sun, you still need vitamin K, because even that vitamin D that you're getting from the sunshine. And by the way, cholesterol is the building block for vitamin D. So your body is using sunshine to convert cholesterol to vitamin D. So having that's another plus for cholesterol. Cholesterol is good for you. Um, it makes testosterone. It makes progesterone. It makes right. estrogen. It's the building Sex block. Sex hormones, for vitamin right? D. Yeah, yeah. So cholesterol is the building block for vitamin D. And if you have too much vitamin D and not enough K2, if that ratio is off, it just puts the calcium into your arteries instead of into your bones. So then how can you convert that safely or so you're not getting too much of the K2? How do you avoid that? Well, it's hard to get too much K2. They did a recent study on people from Japan that were eating like loads of k2 because they'd eat these fermented products that have just like grams of it not milligrams but like grams and they're fine so you'd expect like blood disorders and stuff or clotting or whatever but your body kind of figures out i'm not a big fan of taking a ton of k2 but i think people need at least a little bit and we don't eat a lot of fermented foods so a lot of people are kind of low on k2 eat some fermented foods you don't have to go buy supplements for everything 
but you certainly you certainly can if you don't like fermented foods or if they don't agree with you or something have you had the bubby's brand fermented foods bubby's is real good it's you know got the mother bacteria and then i just found i i'm always going and trying different ones because it's good i mean some people i know don't like that vinegary briny taste i love it Oh, me too. Sauerkraut and stuff. Yes, yeah. love it, love it. But that's it. <laughs> I try to find the real sauerkraut, not just pickled products. So you kind of have to yeah, look. Yeah, But <laughs> you'll be able to find it. Um, okay, so vitamin D. What's our best time going outside every day, and how long should we be at the outside to absorb? Oh, it's different because of your skin tone. It does matter. I, I just, I mean, me personally, I set a timer, 15, 20 minutes, and that's it. You know, but definitely okay. that differs for different people. And I also take my shirt off and stuff, so I'm getting more surface area. Right. The, the amount of surface area you have is different. And and once I get that time, once I hit my time, then I go the other direction. I put like a sun shirt on and I put sun gloves and I even have like a buff that I put on. Like if I'm in really? Florida fishing all day. Oh, yeah. Oh. Like I will get fried. So I have like, <laughs> I have like this whole, I even have pants that are like sun pants that are super lightweight and. I, I wear socks when I'm in my kayak and stuff. Is that because? Toes. Oh, that's that is nerdy. That's funny. Yeah, I, know, but, it's I mean, it's you're doing it for your health, but everyone else is looking at you going, <laughs> "He doesn't know the fashion of the 21st century." Um, mm-hmm. Are you doing that because you are redhead and you're worried about the UVA mm-hmm. and UVB exposure at that point? Oh yeah. Are, well, it's like exercise, right? Like sunshine is great for you until you overdo it, and then you're overtraining, and then you're getting inflammation, and your body okay. starts to disintegrate. It's like if you're deadlifting every single day. You'll actually get weaker. You know, you won't get stronger. Isn't that crazy? So, so it does the opposite of what you want. And the sunshine is the same, of course, you know. Okay, so we, this generation's been raised with the magical cream of sunscreen. And we, we now know that <sighs> right. it skin cancer risks actually, or skin cancer is actually increased Increased. in the last 20 or 30 years when we started, mm-hmm. again, making mm-hmm. the sun the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, because our, wow. in my, uh, you know, I came from a red haired mother who obviously there was redheads, in her family. So are redheads, are you still looking though to prevent skin cancer or do we, were we getting skin cancer from the, what we were putting on our skin? Well, it depends, right? But yeah, I mean, there's definitely indications that like the the fake estrogen chemicals increase cancer i mean there's a lot of studies and i talk about a ton of them in my book but you know the problem with cancer is it takes a lot of years to come out sometimes most of the studies they do are like six weeks and they say oh my gosh look at that it doesn't cause cancer so oh, okay it can be, well and, and so long term does matter but they usually don't study it because it's not funded but furthermore uh these estrogen chemicals like oxybenzone is the big one in sunscreens there's two of them in sunscreens one's called 4-methylbenzaldine camphor which is less common but just super problematic and the other one is oxybenzone oxybenzone look on your ingredients if people are at home look on your ingredients pause this you'll see it's in there but um the problem with both of those is they act like estrogen in your body they disrupt your natural hormones and so of course they're going to lead to all kinds of problems maybe cancer but maybe other problems and the other thing is it's additive. So if you have oxybenzone, and by the way, they sneak it into your shampoo and then they brag about it and say, look, your shampoo protects your hair from UV degradation, right? Uh, and it's still going through your scalp and in your skin all day long. And they put it in a lot of laundry detergent 
and they t- they brag about it there too and say look it protects your clothes against uv degradation and they've even done studies on that ironically and they've shown that if they wash clothing in this types of laundry detergents and they put it on you actually absorb that those chemicals even though it was washed in the water just like the fragrances stay in the clothing those estrogen chemicals the oxybenzone that stays in the clothing that's how it protects against sunshine breaking down your clothing but that's how it also ends up in your bloodstream and increasing your blood levels which they have proven in scientific studies um so but it gets worse because if that was the only chemical we were exposed to, sure, whatever. And when we do scientific studies, that's the only chemical the, the researchers will generally look at. They'll say, let's just look at oxybenzone for six weeks. Oh my gosh, look at that. It doesn't cause cancer. Well, that's not the only one in your blood. You're exposed to a lot of soy products, which have estrogen. You're exposed to a lot of fake plastic chemicals that are from petroleum that ha- act like estrogen. You're exposed to parabens and phthalates and BPA and BPS and BPF and BPA, like all the B- BPs mm-hmm. and um, et cetera, right? Like all these chemicals that I write about, those are additive. It's like one plus one plus one plus one plus one, right? So you know, if you just remove one of those pluses, it's, it, it's, it's good. It's better than not removing that, but it's, it's a bigger picture that's more complicated than a six week study of just oxybenzone. Right. It's cumulative and it's, mm-hmm. um, our health field or it seems like medical, uh, researchers only find one piece of a puzzle mm-hmm. and then go, all right, everything's fine. You know, whether it's mm-hmm. the thyroid okay. blood test that my people, because I'm a health coach, my clients mm-hmm. get, they'll go, my thyroid's fine. I go, how do you know? They'll say, well, my TSH is fine. I go, oh, no, 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 mm-hmm. sister, back up. Let's look right. at T3, T4, free T3, free T4, you know, let's Reverse look at cholesterol. T3. Let's look at all these things mm-hmm. to make it work. Uh, speaking yeah. of cholesterol, I love it. I have a high cholesterol mm-hmm. and I'm proud of it because my yeah. sex hormones work. Um, mm-hmm. My thyroid now works fine. Mm-hmm. My, you know, I, I, the only medicine I do have to take once your thyroid gland, as you know, is attacked by itself, it finally mm-hmm. shrivels up, it dissipates and dies. So I do have mm-hmm. to take a hormone replacement Armor for that, something. but nothing else. Mm-hmm. And I, I found yep. a healthcare provider that doesn't hassle me about my, whatever my cholesterol is. It's, you know, thyro- that in fact, that's a sign of low thyroid is if your cholesterol comes up. So. Mine mm-hmm. sometimes is 240 or 250, but we look at ratios and I'm and yep. I'm like, back off. I mean. If it's below 300, I'm as happy as could be, I think. Oh, is that and, right? Oh yeah, I did a five-year PhD on this topic at Boston University Med School. It's, it's something that I'm very passionate about because to get into the research is super nuanced. It's super annoying that people get like all bogged down into like some of these studies. But at the end of the day, there's a study, people can Google this by just looking up, there's a study with 12.8 million people. Okay. It's on the topic of total cholesterol and all-cause mortality. If you use those three words, 12.8 million people, all-cause mortality, total cholesterol. Okay. You'll see in that study, um, I believe it's page four. Okay. I believe it's figure two. (laughs) Okay. It's figure two in that study, but look at figure two and what it shows is that the optimal range, and by the way, all-cause mortality. What they're studying in that in that study is death. They're studying just death by any cause. Like, where is your cholesterol and and death? So it doesn't matter if you die of a heart attack. Doesn't matter if it's a stroke. Doesn't matter if it's lung failure. Whatever. It's just they're looking at death and where your total cholesterol. And the absolute highest hazard ratio, and hazard meaning like hazard of dying. The highest hazard of dying is when your cholesterol is below 170. Like if you're if you're gonna if you want a really high risk of dying, have your go vegan and bring your cholesterol down to like one ten. Right. Like that's a disaster for your health 
all cause mortality. We're not just talking about heart attack. And if you want to be super optimized, keep your total cholesterol between 180 and 280. As long as it's in that range, I'm as happy as could be. Now, if you get above 300, I start to get a little bit nervous. Let's talk about the particle size. Let's talk about LPA. Let's talk about HDL, and, LDL ratios. And you can see that. Can you see the particle size from lab work? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So you could you could take that information back to your doctor and say, okay, sim mm -hmm. down. Let's look mm -hmm. at particle size. Let's look at ratios. Right. But most people aren't above 280 on their total cholesterol or above 300. Most people, their doctors are complaining <clears throat> when they're above 200. Their doctors start right. to panic. That's right. And that's absurd. Like that's not founded in good quality, solid research and thought. That's just propaganda by the drug companies influencing the medical school. And by the way, they only right. take like one class, or maybe like, maybe like one week of classes in their entire career on the topic of like statins and cholesterol and all this. And they think that, and honestly, I've tried to argue with them. I've sent, the, I'll bring the doctor's <laughs> studies and all this, and I've showing in the studies. Um, and they won't even, they still think my cholesterol is too high if I'm 250. They don't even care. And I'm showing them the actual research. So if I can't convince them, I know nobody else can convince them. And this isn't every single doctor, but this is just, I'm just saying a lot of them, a surprising amount of them. And it's because the blood tests are putting a red flag on it and saying it's bad. So they're assuming it is bad. And they're assuming anything that lowers cholesterol is therefore good. Vegan diet then, of course, should be amazing because it does lower your cholesterol. And is Cheerios. That good? They assume right. it's good. Yeah, Cheerios, yeah. Che Oatmeal. I mean, yeah, which is just crap. I mean, it's just right. crap food. It's just carbs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that can, that's right. It can lower your cholesterol. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, vegan diet, you look a mess. You know, because a lot of times vegan, you replace it with soy and gluten. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, a chiropractor that I follow said she had severe cystic acne, mm -hmm. um, PCOS. Oh, yeah. All because she was she was a vegan. Oh, yeah. It happens all the time. I mean, yeah, I literally had just had a, a podcast I was on, like, just three minutes before this, I jumped off that one and oh. she had been a vegan as well. And she had the exact same story. She had, had all these health problems that had come out of that. And that's what transformed her. And now, and it's funny because I've been invited on vegan podcasts and I'm perfectly happy to talk to people that are vegans. I'm not judgmental about it. Some people, it works amazing. I don't think it's the majority of people, but I think it does work for some people, but then they uninvite me when they discover that I'm against <laughs> soy. <laughs> as soon as they find out, I don't like soy. They literally who like, likes soy? they'll send me an email. <laughs> I mean, who can say, who can say that they like soy? I mean, it's so all disruptive. All the sponsors. <laughs> oh, got it's it. It's all corporate sponsored stuff, you know. Um, but that's the problem, right? Like that's that's where the money is coming from. So, so of course, they're going to try and twist the research to show that soy is beneficial instead of soy is bad for you. And, and the, the research is super messy on that topic. I mean, I spent almost a whole chapter in my book going through that because... It is a mess. It is a nightmare, but it needs to be simplified and it needs to be clarified for people because, you know, is it bad for you? Is it good for you? Like we should know. You do want to know. It is. It's, it's everywhere, right? <laughs> Soy is everywhere. It's a shame, but it is. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. hard to tweak that one. Um, I, I think about Asian cultures then because mm -hmm. th w those of us with Hashimoto's, we do mm -hmm. know that Americans and Asian women have higher incidence of mm -hmm. Hashimoto's uh, thyroiditis. But we don't have the soy consumption that Asians do. So I always wondered what tipped them because they're small frame. They're not necessarily mm -hmm. overweight where they don't have a standard American diet. So right. are they 
Yeah. They eat a lot of soy, tempeh, eat, a lot of soy. Exactly, tempeh, yeah. It's fermented. They eat fermented yeah. soy products. And they did a study in Canada of, of over 100 food items, plants, just all plants, and how much plant estrogen is there, is present. They call it phytoestrogen, but it just means plant estrogen. And all the foods that they looked at, broccoli, cauliflower, I mean, 100 plants, like a huge amount of them, um, different types of beans, everything. They were all under 1,000 units of estrogen. They were all lower than 1,000, but soy was over 100,000 units of estrogen. Oh, wow. It's a huge difference. But here's the, the reason I bring that study up is they, te- they tested actually fermented soy sauce. Yeah. And things like tempeh and whatever, like things that were actually fermented with soy, they were back down to like 500 or 100 units of estrogen. Instead of 100,000, now you're at 100. That's a huge hmm. difference. You know what I mean? And the problem so, with, with huh, most soy products that. in America, we're not fermenting them. So you're getting that blast of estrogen. Oh, that's why I take my coconut aminos with me when I go to eat Asian food. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, no thanks. No, and plus they have gluten. A soy sauce has wheat in it. A lot of it. Yeah. yeah. I always get the gluten free, but yeah. And by the way, speaking of Hashimoto's, some people have a genetic, and of course I do DNA consulting. Um, and some people have a gene called CTLA4, and that's a gluten sensitivity gene that increases your risk of Hashimoto's. It's basically a celiac gene that triggers Hashimoto. So you eat gluten, it screws up your thyroid. Whether that's permanent or whether it's just temporary, whether you're just tired immediately or whether you're tired for two weeks or whether it's permanent, uh, but that's a genetic risk um, that's very specific. Isn't that interesting? Because I don't have celiac. I do have six autoimmune conditions. Um, yeah. I don't have celiac. Oh. So I'm wondering now because I have completely removed seed oils, good, um, soy, gluten. Good. I still eat good. dairy. I don't feel mm-hmm. like it bothers me. And mm-hmm. my Hashimoto's thyroiditis can't even detect it now. I'm my yeah. antibodies one time were 2,400. Now they're 39, mm-hmm. which yep. doesn't even good. flag it. So yep. I will say for me. So I, I wonder now if it's a genetic component for me that oh, caused sure. that mm-hmm. because. I've totally reversed my Hashimoto's. Now my gland is dead because you know mm-hmm. it just got battered all that time. That's why I said earlier I have to take the medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's interesting. Mm-hmm. CTLA four. Can we right. test for that in lab work? No, just genetics. You just look at people's okay. DNA. Like twenty three and Me is how I test yeah. for it. Yeah. It's easy. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Do you do well, you like the twenty three and Me? Do you like those oh, sure. little home oh, kits? It. Yeah, because it gives it. They give you over six hundred and fifty thousand SNPs. So it's just like thousands of pages of data as far as I'm concerned, and I look at it for health markers. And by the way, some people, it has nothing to do with gluten for their Hashimoto's. Some people have a risk. It's called FOXE1. The gene is FOXE1, like Foxy Lady. You've heard that song? Yeah. yeah. FOXE1. And FOXE1, F-O-X-E-1, is a gene they discovered in Chernobyl, the radiation accident. Yeah. And basically, people with the bad version of that gene... Um, when they had radiation damage, they permanently damaged the thyroid. Like their thyroid never came back. Whereas people that had the good version of that gene, their thyroid healed up just fine. It wasn't that big of a deal. And the solution, now they've done more research on it, obviously. And it's related to autophagy in your thyroid gland, meaning like people with the bad version of that Foxy one gene, they don't take out the trash very well in their thyroid. The thyroid cells don't take out the garbage. And the people with the good version of the, the gene, they take out the trash better. So intermittent fasting is super important for people that have that. Yeah, that Hashimoto's For the win. Gene. I mean, it's my yeah. answer on everything. 
Hi folks, just a moment here to talk to you about something I've embarked on and I sometimes weave it into and out of the conversations that I have on my podcast. And it's how I'm now a certified integrative nutrition health coach, thanks to the wonderful professional staff at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in New York City. I chose the six month program. My daughter is doing the year long program. It's whichever program you prefer, but I'm putting the link in the show notes in the event that you want to embark on the same journey. You will invest both in your own life and it'll help you professionally. You'll make money doing it and you'll love seeing people reach their health goals. That's what a health coach does. Health coaching is the future. We have more people on medicine now than we've ever had before. We don't have a healthcare system. We have a sick care system and health coaches help these people oftentimes, not always, sometimes get off their medicines, eat healthier, do things all in every part of their life to lead healthier lives. You will champion them and you will feel great doing it. I feel better just in the things I've learned at IIN. Check the show notes for the link. Do intermittent yep, fasting. Exactly. I will start my fifth year of intermittent fasting, November 24th. So it well, I'll, I'll, is, I'll start my 35th year at least. <laughs> is that right? So you <laughs> did I've it been, long before it was cool? I've been doing it since I was five years old. You didn't I eat was, breakfast? Your mother didn't make you? <clears throat> no. She, all they had was cereal at my house, and it hurt my stomach. I was so gluten sensitive, and I didn't know it mm-hmm. at the time. And I kept eating gluten even for mm-hmm. lunch and dinner and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I was one of those like super skinny, kind of borderline malnourished kids, and it took me like I didn't know I was gluten sensitive until you know basically around when I got my PhD I discovered it on my own because one of my kids had it and I had to figure that out right and then I figured it out for myself at the same time but um yeah I've skipped breakfast because it gave me a stomach ache and I've never gone back and it feels like garbage if I eat breakfast now because it's so normal for that's, me that's <laughs> that's great but now I have such maternal guilt that I I homeschooled my kids Oh, and yes, I would say same. you have to come eat this breakfast for uh, your brain. Yeah. And now well, I kids, know. Kids, it is different. Kids, it's different because their metabolism is really high, so they can go either way. Um, okay. And by the way, I homeschooled and I homeschool my kids. I have five kids. Is that right? Um, Good. So Great. I think it's the, I, I love it. But um, mine finally went always. in high school. And, uh, mm-hmm. but my, and I have an engineer. He got a full ride. You know, they all did what oh, they yeah. did fine. Because oh, they'll yeah, blame exactly. me sometimes and go, but because I was home. This is one of their uh-huh. funny things. They'll say, <laughs> they'll go, was Monk really a good show? Remember that Aunt oh, Tony sure. Shalhoub show? And I go, uh-huh. yeah, why? And they go, or was that because we were homeschoolers and anything? We didn't get to uh, watch much. And I go, no, hilarious. that was good art. <laughs> yeah. They blame anything that they felt sheltered. It's, was, is it because we were homeschooled? I go, yeah. 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 Um, silly, silly, well, silly. Okay, back to your redheaded genetics and gluten mm-hmm. sensitivity. Is there a connection mm-hmm. there? Yeah, but it's just like tribes from that region didn't have a lot of grains. You know, it's like the blood type. There's a book called Eat Right for Your Blood Type. Yeah, and a lot of right. it's just like associations. Like, it's like, yeah, if you're, ty- you know, there were certain tribes that just, you know, they, they all were breeding with each other, whatever you want to call it. They, right. they just had very similar genetics because they didn't have airplanes and they didn't have trains and they didn't have cars and they weren't just traveling. They weren't like intermixing and intermingling much. So those tribes had a certain blood type or whatever. And then they oftentimes also had these, this gene and this gene and this gene and whatever. And then, whereas this tribe over here has a different blood type, 
and they they stayed away from that other tribe and they just happen to have this gene and this risk and whatever and it's similar with the gluten and the redhead where obviously now we live in a melting pot of america where you know just because you have red hair doesn't mean like you're pure purebred from some specific tribe where all your genes are the same as other people but i mean there are some predictive things at the end of the day though i just go with the genetics the dna itself you know and look at the code um because that's the most precise way to figure that out right well okay let's go back to your book because one thing you said in that book about estrogen because i've removed all the um stuff to clean my laundry detergent no fragrances Mm -hmm. But I was Good. spraying lavender spray uh, on my drying. <laughs> and then you say in your book that that mm-hmm. has a high estrogen effect mm-hmm. or absorption or mm-hmm. something to us. So toss that out. Mm-hmm. So tell me about lavender. I thought it was a mm-hmm. magical thing that we could all sniff every day and go to sleep right. easier and be relaxed. Yeah, it is anti-inflammatory. They have done studies proving that it's anti-inflammatory, and a lot of people do have a lot of chronic inflammation, so they notice a difference. It is beneficial. The problem is it comes at a cost. There's other anti-inflammatory things that are not estrogens. Lavender does act like estrogen, and there's been multiple studies, and the researchers that actually study this are very convinced, which is also a strong argument, because people argue about the source of lavender in the studies and all this. They say, like, well... That's that essential oil, but my essential oil is pure and this and that. And it's like, well, have you ever tested your essential oil? Have you checked to see if yours acts like estrogen? Because all the different brands that they've tested have acted like estrogen. So, you know, I get it that there's some, there's a lot of debate about this because in a lot of health products, they ha- they include lavender essential oil, but it disrupts your hormone. It acts like estrogen. I've seen, like, you can actually do this luciferase assay. You can do a cellular study. It's a biochemistry study where you just compare uh, lavender essential oil to uh, actual estrogen and how much it activates the receptors. And it activates them almost exactly the same amount as natural estrogen. So it's very strong. It's powerful estrogen mimetic. It mimics estrogen. So you've tossed it from the J family oh, yeah. arsenal. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, didn't you also say rosemary? There was something else in that list that... There's a few other ones that act like estrogen That I really love. Mm-hmm. Well, tea tree oil. Tea tree oil. Yeah, tea tree oil. Yeah. yeah. But lavender is the one that disrupts the most. They call it endocrine disrupting. Some of them, like even rose auto acts like estrogen a little bit, but it's not like disrupting your estrogen. It just acts a little bit like estrogen. So there's an argument like, well, if you, if you just have a little bit, it's not a big deal. Whereas the lavender, I think, is the most clear in terms of the research tea tree I, I also avoid that for the most part just because it's it there's enough research where i get nervous and it's just like well why bother why have that one with our um estrogen absorption let's say hypothetically we're postmenopausal and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. we're empty nesters should right. i still worry about too much estrogen for me because i do bioidentical hormone replacement Mm-hmm. Should Good. I be using that in the continuum thinking, well, I'm getting estrogen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm a huge fan of bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. Replacing your hormones is key. If you want to stay optimized in your health, you have to replace your hormones as you age, generally. Um and estrogen is good for you. Like natural estrogen is protective against Alzheimer's. It's protective right. for your arteries. It's phenomenal Heart. for you. Right. Yeah. And so is testosterone and so is progesterone. So anybody who just does one of those and they forget about the other two, if you're a woman and you're postmenopause, well, that's short-sighted. You should look at all three. 
some people don't need all three, but you should at least be looking at all three and preferably even looking at the genes that you have disposing you for low testosterone or whatever because all of those are beneficial now what matters most is the ratio like if your estrogen is super high but your progesterone is also super high that's great like you got all kinds of benefits all kinds of energy you feel better now if your estrogen is super high and your progesterone super low like that ratio is off well then it's a problem and you can call it estrogen dominance but it's not really the estrogen's fault it's just the low progesterone so there's like a nuance in this topic but a lot of people they say well i'm post-menopause and i don't want to take drugs well first of all identical hormones are not drugs they're actual hormones your body is totally thank you yeah (laughs) they're not made in a lab by a big pharma who's trying to sell Mm -hmm. you something i mean they're they're bioidentical they're as close to you as anything and they are game changers it's the same molecule yeah so that's the first thing and the second thing is they'll say well i don't want to take drugs well that's bullshit because these aren't drugs but they'll say you know i'm going to do soy instead right or i'm going to do lavender or i'm going to do whatever and the problem with that mm-hmm. is some people are okay like some people's bodies are okay with that but it's risky it's a lot riskier it's not natural and the other thing and it's a little bit complicated probably but there's actually two receptors that pick up estrogen there's two different receptors like when you have testosterone in your body there's only one receptor that picks it up it's called the androgen receptor right. so it's very simple it's like testosterone sticks to this receptor it takes in it goes into your body now estrogen because there's two receptors we have to look at both of those one of them's called estrogen receptor alpha and the other one's called estrogen receptor beta alpha and beta now alpha is only supposed to be activated when you're in the womb as a fetus like it's it's involved in sexual development you're not supposed to be like flipping on the light switch of alpha the estrogen receptor alpha light switch because it can cause depression it can cause breast cancer uh it can prostate cancer in men all kinds of problems you don't want to be flipping that that light switch on now beta estrogen receptor beta is where we get all the benefits from estrogen that's the one that protects against prostate cancer in men it protects against breast cancer in women protects your brain it protects everything it's great for you. You want to be flipping on that light switch as long as your other hormones are in balance. And the problem with things like soy, they flip on both of those light switches. Oh, so and we don't want the alpha. We just now want you've the got beta. alpha and beta. Yep. And there's some studies that say, oh, look, soy activates beta more than alpha. But then there's other studies that show, oh, look, soy activates alpha more than beta. So like if you cherry pick the studies, you can make it seem like it's beneficial. But at the end of the day, it depends on the cells in your body that you're looking at. It depends on the person because their genetics are different. But for the most part, it's extremely risky to be supplementing soy and trying to do that as a replacement for estrogen. Well, isn't there uh, an over-the-counter product that people were, they were trying to mimic some estrogen of course, that would be synthetic then if it's over the counter that you get just at Walmart, right? Well, sometimes sometimes they're derived from plants like licorice. Licorice root can increase oh, estrogen okay. and that can be beneficial in certain situations. And okay. There's one called Equal, E-Q-U-O-L. Um, and that one is better if you're just trying to activate the beta receptor. But again, just go with bioidenticals. <laughs> it, it's a game changer. It's I mean, mm-hmm. I, my pellet appointment is next week. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just something that I won't miss it, and mm-hmm. it, it even helps estrogen for postmenopausal women. Helps you sleep through the night, sleep exactly. maintenance, sleep you know, huge. staying yep. asleep. Yeah, and the progesterone mm-hmm. is a thing that I, obviously you know this. Women who wake up at three a.m. Mm-hmm. Well, that is eradicated once you start with progesterone. Yep. So it, I, I wouldn't be sitting up right now with shiny hair if I didn't fast and if I didn't take 
bioidentical mm -hmm. hormones. Like it's so right. much a part of my equation um, mm. for feeling good, which kind of then gets me into the conversation because you can avoid mammograms. You have to fight with your healthcare provider um, mm. to avoid mm -hmm. them. And so I'm just using the thermography. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you feel like that that type of diagnostic tool is good enough for me to see anything that's you know, and I'm I'm talking about just breast health. I'm I'm not mm -hmm. worried the rest of my body getting cancer because I I do all mm -hmm. I can to be I'm pretty darn healthy. So, what's right, your right. thought on thermography? Yeah, good question. I don't know enough about it. I mean, I, I tend in your direction, but I don't know that much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's just heat waves. It's heat, or what, mm -hmm. I guess thermal patterns and seeing because it's right. funny when you do go for thermography, you can't even chew gum before you go. I don't, but. You know, hmm. intermittent faster. I don't chew gum. <laughs> I have yeah, all these yeah. things I don't do. Nice. But uh, one of them is you can't even wear an underwire bra for the sure. like 24 hours because of the thermal heat pattern that you can get sure. from it. Just looking at your body, sure. how sensitive we are. Because, you know, you're talking mm -hmm. about, there was just something else you mentioned earlier. And I just think about radiation risks. But mm -hmm. when I did have a questionable thermography a few years ago, I had to arm wrestle the clinics in Arkansas because they said, well, you have to have a mammogram. I went, no, I don't, watch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I said, I wanted a breast ultrasound is what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And they said, but you have to have, if you come here, you have to have a mammogram. I went, well, then you'll have to chase me down because mm -hmm. I'm not going to. I mean, I know whatever happened to you, medical freedom, right? Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, it's, it's the whole medical, it's the autonomy of my body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That we're all fighting. Yeah. Oh, you have to. I th I feel like if you're not fighting it, with all the this what's going on right now, you're 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 part of the problem really these days. I mean, we have to all be on the same team on that regard because if you can't tell, like these studies are nuanced. We have to go through them. We have to be able to debate all this stuff, not just about soy, but about you know things. That, drugs that start with the letter V and 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 the, you know. ICCNE and right. it's like if you can't talk about this stuff without getting censored well that just opens Pandora's box for all kinds of shenanigans and everybody should agree with that I mean it's it's so obvious but that's the problem I, with this I censorship push yeah I, I it it baffles <laughs> me to the point where I'm speechless because even mm -hmm. uh, we told you before we started recording we wanted to upload this YouTube well now YouTube mm -hmm. has new parameters in their algorithm Right. Well, I mean, they'll do something where they can find us if we said the V word. I know, and so crazy? to avoid it, and now you can't even get an Instagram, you can't even get a YouTube dislike. Yeah, I know. <laughs> because we're trying to keep certain theories alive, mm -hmm. and they want the yeah. Something yeah. has happened. I, as long as everyone understands, we're on mm -hmm. the same page that all media is manipulated. Right. Yeah, it's been very eye-opening, hopefully, for a lot of people that didn't realize that because it took me a long yeah. time to realize that. And, like, the cholesterol is a great poster child for that because, you know, there's this guy Ansel Keys, and if people yeah. haven't read up on it, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really good books and literature and reading. In fact, even Joseph Mercola did a really yeah. good in, in one of his books called Fat for Fuel. He had, like, yes. the first five pages or whatever. He just told right. the whole story in one, like, little condensed thing. It was phenomenal if you haven't heard that story about cholesterol. But that's a great example of, you know, like, how badly you can screw up people's health 
and screw up an entire country and create a bunch of heart disease that shouldn't be there. And, and statins cause... are bad for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. really bad for your immune system. Oh, oh yeah, for your brain, for your muscles. For your brain, yeah. everything. Yeah, I just shake my head. I was right. at an event in Arkansas a few years ago. Um, so I've been a member of the media for 35 years and mm -hmm. I got to go, it was all, we have a heart, a wonderful heart hospital, private uh, heart hospital physician owned. And uh, mm -hmm. Mark Hyman came in, Dr. Hyman oh, yeah. came. And mm -hmm. uh, I remember I, it was all physicians and me. I was the only member of the mm -hmm. media, I got in. I mean, mm -hmm. I had to sell a kidney on the black market to get there, but I got <laughs> it. And when I was in there, I remember hearing the collective <gasps> when he said, I'm gonna tell you something that's not popular. This is to a mm -hmm. heart hospital, they're all cardiologists. Cardiologists He said, the worst. stop <laughs> writing statins. And I mean, mm -hmm. They didn't know where to look because they were thinking, I won the trip to Cabo because I wrote the most statins last mm -hmm, year. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, stop, just stop. And he he, he showed, because I think he was a full V, I think he was a vegan at one time. He had mm. oxidative stress. He, I mean, he looked terrible. It was right after mm. he finished maybe his residency, big mm. black circles under his eyes. He had kind mm. of the belly, you know, that, Mm -hmm. You get oh, it sure. with Fermenting with all the foods, foods yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And then he's 60 something now, vibrant, what he eats. You know, he doesn't eat gluten and all the, I mean, right. just oh, yeah. seeing the side by side, mm. I, I was hoping it would open their eyes because as we know, medical professionals in this country don't take any nutrition courses. They might take mm -hmm. one course of something. And so right. they don't know the answer when you say, what, and, you know, and I know you've alluded to this and we I don't believe in mandates, period, because I believe in mm -hmm. freedom. But mm -hmm. if we are mandating, why aren't we mandating and having doctors say, hey, your prescription a day is to get an hour of vitamin D mm -hmm. and then, you know, go sweat someplace. You know, these are all free things. So the yeah. other argument gets to be marginalized communities can't afford it. Well, the stuff I'm talking about is free. Right. Intermittent fasting. Intermittent yeah. fasting, yeah, autophagy, doing your cellular clean out. And it mm -hmm. doesn't have to be all organic foods. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I've heard some say Dr. Wolfson is a an MD in the Phoenix mm -hmm. area, um, functional medicine cardiologist. He's yep, married to a chiropractor, so mm -hmm. he I love his philosophy. <laughs> and he says when the argument comes back, well, it's expensive to mm -hmm. get uh, organic foods. He goes, quit dyeing your hair. You know, quit using these products that are uh, the estrogen, you know, the mm -hmm. thing, the phthalates the and stuff like that. Of, yeah, yes, he said, and all yeah, stuff, yeah, move away from that. Quit buying the mm -hmm. fake um, stuff that you put on your hands that kills germs. Use soap and water, yeah. you know. Yeah. You know well, that and, you. And you're saving well, money on all the surgeries that you're going to have to get in the future and all the drugs yes. and all the shenanigans you have to go through to deal with all that stuff. Because it compounds, it's like it's not. It never just ends with just Prozac and Zoloft and Lexapro. No. You know, like right. it just gets, they get the list gets longer and longer if you let them. If you let them, if you go down that prescription train, without any, without any self thought and actual like thinking for yourself. Oof! It snowballs fast, you know. It does. It does, and it is uh, just a part of our nomenclature. Ask your doctor if this drug is right for you. Right, rather than marketing yes yeah. it's just marketing it's and i've said mm -hmm. many times on my podcast and publicly i've not had the tv on since march 10th 2020 i've not turned mm. the tv on now i watch yeah. my device 
because I'm going to watch yep. Yellowstone. You know, I'm going to watch some things, but mm-hmm. um, I've not. And I'm a member of the media. You know, I'm retired sure, now sure. from radio, Good but even mm-hmm. my people, I'm so disappointed in what uh, Cumulus is making. You know, if I were still there, I couldn't work there because mm-hmm. I've made a decision for my body that does mm-hmm. not align with their decision. So I, I right. hate. And then when you see it says, <laughs> it'll say the Anderson Cooper show brought to you by Pfizer. Pfizer CBS yeah. Morning News uh, brought to you by Pfizer. Uh, uh, the <laughs> brought to you by Pfizer. Well, who mm-hmm. makes the jab? Pfizer. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's what I hope that it has people of deductive reasoning to think, you know what? Oh, if you do that, you do that. The outcome mm-hmm. is this. Yeah, especially if you can find scientists that that are actually critical thinkers. You know, a lot of scientists, their job kind of depends on them getting grants and being politically right. connected because your name is on the grant. It's not it's not anonymous. So if I write a grant, my name is unfortunately on it. And if for some reason... I'm very vocal against the status quo and against right. Pfizer and right. against whatever. If I can't, if I don't like children to have cardiomyopathies and heart damage and all this for some weird reason, I don't know why. That's crazy. crazy. Why I would be Wacky. against children right. having heart damage? But if I'm against that, then you develop a reputation, and when people see your grant, they won't fund it, right? Mm-hmm. So you can lose your job slowly, just just be bled out by your job with little cuts instead of just one giant swoop. Um, so a lot of scientists just aren't very honest. And that's why when you started, it's like, it's rare to find a scientist who actually wants to stick up, but it's even more rare to find a doctor because they're making 700 grand a year by just kind of doing their prescription drug thing and they're getting their giant vacations and all that. So of course they're not going to risk that, um, in, you know, unless it's like a nightmare scenario. So it's at least easier for me to, to be honest from that perspective, but we have to encourage honesty. I feel like we have to make a system that encourages doctors to say what they think and encourage the scientists, and we're doing the opposite right now. Oh, we're pushing them out. Yeah. Because yeah. they're getting blackballed mm-hmm. if they write the medical exemption mm-hmm. and they don't want their name on the paper. And I tell yeah. you who this harms, if we are in a community of diversity and getting mm-hmm. women ahead, right. guess who right. can't come work for your employer if she's required to take the V, a pregnant mm-hmm. woman, a nursing woman, uh, a woman of oh. fertility age. And mm-hmm. so then you're back to having all men running your party or whatever it is you've got, your mm-hmm. business, whatever mm-hmm. it is you've got. Because these women say, because even the V, the people mm-hmm. behind the V will say, it was not tested on pregnant or nursing women. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, you know, and I'm just really disappointed that healthcare facilities aren't at least, le- you know, leaning into those women and saying, okay, just we'll give you a two year, you know, reprieve. Yeah. It's and in about two years compliance. we'll talk about it or whatever. It's never I know. been about health. It's always been I about know. compliance. I mean, you know, if you go to the Mayo Clinic, um, <laughs> and you just go to the cafeterias, like everyone that they have, they have soda fountains all over the place. Everybody agrees soda fountain. Soda is terrible for you. There's nobody that disagrees with that. Why the heck do they have it? Well, it's not really about optimizing your health. No. It's not really about staying healthy. Um, and it's very transparent, you know. And, that, and that's not just Mayo Clinic. I'm just saying, like, pretty much any clinic in yeah, the country right. is like that. Right. But I'm just using that example because I live here in Rochester, you know. And yeah. that's what I see in my day-to-day life. And, you know here's your drug <laughs> it, it really is it's it's 
it's really against, again, like you said, the status quo, um, a physician that I'm very good friends with here, he's a diagnostician, internal medicine. So he sees a lot of older patients, right? Because that's, mm -hmm. they usually take care of older population. And when he found out, I'm now a certified integrative nutritional health coach from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition New York. And mm -hmm. he was so excited. He said, great, will um, Medicare pay for this? <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, he said, I'd love yeah. for you to health coach my clients, my, my patients, mm -hmm. it'd be your clients. And I yep. went, no, sadly, no. And then he right. thought, well, then I can't recommend them because everything's based on an insurance model. Yeah. So right. the thing I could do providing, helping people. Actual health, yeah, yeah help. <laughs> health, health coaching mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. a healthcare professional. These people mm -hmm. then have to think, well, then I have to pay for that out of my pocket. I mean, I'm not expensive, right. but we're, we have so trained people, Dr. J, to think, mm -hmm. does insurance cover that? I know. Oh, for sure. People ask like me with, that all the time. Yeah, like with, um, especially oncology, anything, any type of chemo, radiation, the people who go the other way and want to pursue health and alternative treatments spend tens of thousands, maybe $100,000 saving their life rather than taking that jab mm -hmm. Yeah. of yeah. whatever that could be. Oh, I know. Trust me. It's... <laughs> It's, it's a messed up situation and messed up system. And, you know, there's, it's been like very eye opening for a lot of people recently. And that's been a good thing because they're realizing they've got to think for themselves. They got to take their health into their own hands. But then also it's really wrecked a lot of people because there's been so much increase in alcoholism and junk food. Oh, it's awful. Nobody's it's talking awful. about vitamin D and just no. really basic, obvious things. I mean, you are, but you know, yeah, it's, it's not awful. coming from the media and the top, no. like the main mainstream, and it no. should be. No. Um, now you're in a blue state there. Do you have to show a vaccine, mm. uh, a vaccination card to get into restaurants there? No, no. <laughs> yet. Yeah, exactly. Not yet. No. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, uh, do you see where Chipotle now in L.A. to mm. get their food? You have to have really? a vaccine. Yeah, a vaccination oh, card. So insane. And, yeah. But I don't live there. Yeah. yeah. I would have moved and, for sure if I lived out in California or New York oh, at this point. There are a lot of places I'd go, well, I would, I mean, who I hate it for there are the poor who can't get out yeah, because right. they don't have the opportunity. So if we're here to embrace and lock arms with the poor, we're sure not doing a good job of it because we're well, not helping is, them. I know exactly. Well, a lot of it's education because if they just realize there's a huge opportunity on the job market right now. If there was ever a time you can leverage that and get a different job some in a, in a state that actually has freedom, like South Dakota. You know, I, I spent a lot of time in South Dakota when they shut my research lab down in Mayo Clinic. Oh. When, when there was even like a whiff of COVID, they shut my research area and they turned it into a COVID response unit. And for literally like the next several months, we had one COVID case in the next several <laughs> months and they had my whole area shut down. And so instead I just went over to South Dakota literally for like months, you know, with my family. And we just had a grand old time going to restaurants and going to church and no masks. And that. they've never wow. done the mask thing over there and they never needed to. I mean, number one, they don't have that much population density. But number two, nobody was believing the media because well, look at they Florida. have a lot of common sense. Florida's yeah, been Florida. good, but not as good as South Dakota. Because some of the towns in Florida, they're still mask mandating mm -hmm. and they're still mm -hmm. fear mongering. But um, South Dakota has been amazing throughout this whole thing. So at least I'm close by some, <laughs> some well, reasonable people. Guess what? I'm not in close government. by, but we got mm. in a car and went there last month yeah. because yeah. I'm not going to fly. So we right. had to get, you can get the map and it'll show you which are 
maskless states if you want to yeah. travel, if you choose yeah. to travel. And so we drove from Arkansas, Kansas City, and we went up to uh, South Dakota, spent time there. Nice. Wyoming, yeah. it started, mm, gotten a little dicey in Jackson Hole, coming mm -hmm. down. <laughs> oh, they're so wonderful in Utah. Everyone needs to go to mm. Utah. Amazing. Yeah, Sundance was amazing. But mm. then got into uh, Santa Fe, mm, start Start slapping mm. our wrist again. It's so funny. I know. It's it's so it's so unbelievable. It is. Yeah, so people love power. You know, they like to they like to control other people. And man, if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. And that's, that's what we're right. seeing. That's right. Know? Yeah. Well, yeah. We can't solve that now. Tucker Carlson tries to. I mean, and yeah. this is what's so interesting <laughs> about what people think. They go, "Well, Tucker Carlson's had the shot." And we go, "That's the point. He chose mm. to." So the freedom. Yeah. It's just yeah. the freedom. I don't care what you do. I. Mm -hmm. Do not care what anyone does around me in their personal life. I just don't make me. Do well, and the other thing is this idea that like, oh, Tucker got it or whatever. Some people aren't necessarily. It's not freedom of choice because they're being coerced. If he like he has yeah. a house in Maine and all this, and he probably right. has to go flying around internationally right. and stuff. That's true. He's probably been coerced. So even that argument is a little sketchy. Yeah, that's because, true. You know, because a lot of people aren't admitting it, but they're only getting it because they're being forced. Oh, for sure. And, and so, oh, yeah, you know, it's it's really sad situation that this has come to at this point, and we have to figure out how to reverse that. Right. But especially and, when it comes to kids, because that's a hill that everybody's. I think uh, most parents should be willing to die on. I hope so. You can't be forcing kids to get something that's dangerous for them. You know. I hope not. I mean, as I, I say know. this as a grandmother, I I pray all the time. So it's all we can yeah. do. Okay, yeah. I could solve the world's problems with you. Just um, <laughs> one. Um, subject at a time. I'm putting, of course, your social media link in this um, show notes as well as uh, the book. That one big book. Have you other written other books? I'm sure you have. No, no. Oh, okay, I good. No, okay, no. good. Then I'm I'm not behind. <laughs> Many peer peer reviewed publications, yeah. but not nothing yeah. worth reading. <laughs> right, right. No, they're boring. <laughs> right. No, 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 no. Well, you uh, have fun hunting in Arkansas. And yeah, in your thanks. book, you tell all about going to school in Florida and how you love mm -hmm. the sunshine. You didn't know how oh, yeah. plentiful it could be. And it's very plentiful. Yeah. So everyone listening, go out and get vitamin D today and, uh, and, and hook up with him in his social media. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.